razón El tiempo pasó, me arrepentí Ahora pediré tu perdón Mi indecisión causó my first day. I've never done this before. Hello, everybody. Welcome to We View Yasha and Other Tales. I'm Sean. I'm Lindsay. We're here to talk about, oh God, episode 30. We've done this at least 30 times. Wow. Point being, we're here to talk about episode 30. Tetsaiga is stolen. Showdown at Naraku's castle. What is gonna happen? <laughs> I have no idea. Although, <laughs> I think I said last episode, let's not jump to conclusions of Sango stealing the Tetsaiga because she doesn't initially. Yeah, I think we just say it could have been Shippo. <laughs> I think you were, you were leaning towards Shippo because <laughs> he, has, he has a history of stealing important things and giving them to the that enemy. That is true. That is no way that to convict someone. Nope, that is profiling. <laughs> Boxes don't change their song. Oh my god. <laughs> We're going to have an off-mic conversation about this. <laughs> yeah, but this Sango lady, she just wakes everybody up by, with her doubt waves that are just going through. Because Inuyasha wakes up <laughs> and is like, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> but that's kind of a, a little bit of a rude thing to say. You, you said that already, Inuyasha, in the last episode. Although, maybe we can discuss it when we get to it. Would killing him have solved the rest of the episode? I know Naraku reveals his big plan at the end of this, but that may require Sango to kill her own brother. Sango is saying, no, no, no. I'm going to kill him, and I'll kill both of them at the same time. Big words coming from this lady. Well, she's a demon slayer. Yes. She can do that sort of thing. But putting it all on herself is, of course, what this episode is kind of about. Um, I think she does feel responsible. Because, I mean, even though she's trying to say that's not my brother. Naraku has created unfinished business for her that's just going to mess with her mind for the foreseeable future. And then Kagome wakes up. It's like, I'm trying to sleep. You guys are... Oh, Naraku wakes up too. Yeah, yeah, when he notices that they're all surrounded. Nobody's getting any sleep. <laughs> it's Kohaktu with a horde of the serpents type demons. And as the horde attacks, of course, Inuyasha's like, I got this. I mean, ah, slays a bunch of them. Oh, Maroku was going to. Oh, he's going to pull out his. Off his little beads. And they're like, You can't use that. And he goes, But what? Have to. And they're like, No, no, no. I should probably wager a guess. How long before he tries to use it? It's like, I'm ready to use it. It's finally healed. And then a bee shows up and he's like, damn it. <laughs> I'm going to guess three from now. I'll make a note to my future self to see. Yeah, this brief little action beat, uh, pretty quickly Inuyasha takes down the kid and is like, oh, yeah. maybe if you weren't so gleeful about, I'm going to kill him. Well, he... Um, Kohaku wraps his little chain thing around the Tetsaiga and does rip it out of Inuyasha's hand. Mm -hmm. um, so, of course, Inuyasha's like, I have you been? <laughs> beating him up. <laughs> I really gotta go back and start counting the amount of times he just knocks out the person <laughs> that's attacking him. Yeah, Kagome's like, don't kill him! And he's like, mm. This is where Kohaku tries to cut the shard out of his back. I believe, unless you're thinking of a... Does the Tetsaiga de-transform 
I think so. Watching it a second time, I... Uh, oh, wait. Um, something happens to detransform it. No, that's Sango. She throws the boomerang at it, and it that's, detransforms it. That's it. So I think the Tetsaiga gave Kohaktu a moment of clarity, and that's when he starts cutting the, the fragment out. Because I don't think this is part of Naraku's plan, because that would ruin everything. Unless... He's just... This is a, a Hail Mary this to get Sango like, to... Because Sango was still just kind of like, okay, not going to really do anything. I suppose that's true. This I'm guy... My brothers. I mean, I think he had to really threaten Kohaku's life mm. to get Sango to act. Because, you know, Kodomo's like, don't kill him, and Inuyasha wasn't... I, mean, he... I think he was still under Naraku's control. Trying to dig it out, I think that was uh, to get a reaction from Sango. Could be, but he stops the moment the Tetsaiga detransforms. So I think I was equating the cause and effects uh, between those two things because he stops and then they fly away. So Sango picks up that sword. This is how she steals it. It's not. It's not like the preview had us believe where she just grabs it in the night and flees. You can see those action beats in your head that it's like, okay, she steals it. Everyone wonders where it is. It's Sango. No, it can't be. I'm going to go after her. No, Inuyasha, you you get too angry. I'm just going to talk with her. Confronts her in the woods. Can't believe you did this. Maybe Kohaku's there. Oh, Sango, stop, stop. Brief fight. Continue on. Nope, this is different. She just steals it in full view of everybody and is like, see ya. Yep. Then her little flying to the air again. Following him right to the castle, which if I were Naraku, uh, would not lead all of them there. Pretty... It was almost like she didn't... Like she didn't know where she was... I mean, I know she was following them, but I felt like there was like, like a flash of light or something. So I thought maybe he transported them. But then, how does that make sense for everyone else to show up? Yeah, he's following the blood scent, which you need to have a trail, I think. I guess so. So she's flying through a fog, but I did see the flash of light too, and thought she went through a wormhole or something. Yeah. But it was just like the cloud that was the ghost castle or something, whatever Kagome says later. After a brief moment of hesitation where Shippo asked, doesn't she even like us anymore? He says something. They all. <laughs> so they have to do. Is there like a, a Shippo quota of stupid ass lines? Like you can't just be quiet. Shippo hasn't done anything this episode. We have to remind everybody that he's here. <laughs> no, he does something in this episode. Don't you remember? When Naraku's leaving, he creates like a wind tunnel type thing, and Moroku grabs Shippo, and Shippo grabs Kirara and prevents her from. Flying into the... I'm just saying he was there. Yeah, I guess no one else would have grabbed her. Sango was like, oh. I mean, give him his due. They they <laughs> bonded together. They defused those bombs in the previous episode. <laughs> I'm giving him more than 55. <laughs> Sorry. 52. Oh, my God. No. Have you been tracking my numbers lately? I gave him a 61 in that one episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so annoying Shippo decides they set off following a blood trail. They certainly do. Sango goes through a magical, not wormhole, flash of light. They make it to Naraku's castle. And is chilling in the Dabun costume again. Yay, it was like his ninth costume or something <laughs> like that. 
That's why they're extinct now. But the conversation they have, after she demands to see her brother, she accuses him of killing her entire family and her village. He said, it wasn't me, it was the jewel. It's the desire for the jewel that causes all of this to happen. She throws that sword at his face for his trouble, and she, like... Yes, her pull. little arm blade, which I think is the only time I ever remember seeing this. She, well, I guess they only have a very specific use. And, okay, so let me get the narrative of this right. There was a real prince... There was a real shogun, and the prince was sick because of Naraku as well, I'm guessing. Naraku was their advisor, so he wasn't doing both at the same time, like I originally <laughs> thought. And it gets really grisly here when the prince wants to take care of the slayers, give them a proper burial, and nurse Sango back to life. And the last thing he says to her is, you have a home come back here after your quest is done and then Naraku kills him like off screen that's what I got from it if that was I don't know if that was him already acting like the prince because you know the prince had fallen ill yeah so maybe that was when Naraku I don't know if he's like taken over his body or if he's just killed him and shapeshifted into him because he can shapeshift. We yeah. need to like... I think that's what he's done. Because uh, he brags about... like The prince was alive at one point. Yeah, he must have just killed him. So after she's like cut this open and this confusing dialogue is going through them that we have to rewrite everything in our heads, uh, uh, Kilala attacks. Yay. Bites him on the shoulder. Little did she know he's full of gas. <laughs> it's one of his many powers. He's full of poison gas. I mean, you wound him and he's got like this miasma. But also the hair that's stuck on her arm blades dissipates and puts her head in a cloud of gas and weakens her. <laughs> and that's when Kohaku finally comes out. Uh, he restates his offer. And then when she says no once again... That animation of her breathing really hard is good stuff, too. It's like a side shot. Oh. And she looks like she's just dying. Like and, well, I mean, just like the whole... Just complimenting the animation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kohaku comes out as the gang uh, is, I guess, outside of the castle and hears Sango scream. It's like, that sounds like her voice. Like, no, Kagome, that sounds like her screaming. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> she's being sliced up by her brother. This is like wounds she's going to have to recuperate from again. Yeah. He's trying, that's when he's trying to get her to fight. Yes. Like, the only way Got me well, me, I didn't know Naraku's plan yet at this point, so I thought, like, can you just kill him? Not knowing that I would have been playing right into this guy's hands. He brings the yeah. Naraku from the Harikush down to Congo. Yeah, he uses his, I guess he has telekinesis as well. He <laughs> brings it all the way down. What power doesn't he have? He's, I guess, talking from a different location. It's like, yes, destroy your brother. It's like the end of Star Wars. Exactly like him. Strike him down. Oh, yeah, did he go like back inside the house or something? Mm hmm. You know that cool shot? It was all red behind him. Yeah. Oh, wait, his eyes are red. Something like that. 
and she's about to do it too and then goes crazy with affection but she has like think that flashback yeah she reaches for the dry jokes and remembers her sweet little sweet little brother that she had to lie to about how much dad loved him <laughs> so he wouldn't feel bad <laughs> and Naraku didn't even want that sword this whole time how was he able to pick it up Oh, I was going to ask you if you noticed that. I noticed it the second time. I was like, wait a minute. Maybe they can pick it up. And then I was confused about that. Maybe they just can't wield it. But didn't Sashomaru Sansamar need, like, a human arm to do it? Mm-hmm. But maybe it's the prince's body he's inside. Uh, he was human, so I don't know. But you're, you have the coyness on your face makes me think something's weird about this. Is it Kagome <laughs> from the future? <laughs> Time travel in the show? Oh, maybe it's Inuyasha from the future. Ooh, this is exciting. Okay, great. But he doesn't even want the sword because he's got a million other powers that are way better. Uh, but the gang arrives. Like, oh no, Sango! As Kohaku is, like, confused about everything that he's done and he does, like, collapse. He's like, sister, what have I done? So we have to see Kohaku realize the horror he's caused yet again. <laughs> So this poor kid really just needs to die so that he can be at peace. <laughs> I have a feeling he's not going to die for a while, though, because Naraku does levitate his body into the giant wind tunnel that he creates. That he's got a, a really valuable trump card. Yeah. But he could have been a member of their crew, like the weird dead boy who just follows him around. <laughs> He's not a very good fighter. <laughs> and we do learn his whole plan. The gang knows about it. Moroku's Mur- pointing out the similarities between Inuyasha and Kikyo. Mm-hmm. And Sango is also refusing to... Same thing. Yes, Kikyo, instead of killing Inuyasha, took people with her. And Sango refused to kill her own brother. After they've all learned all this stuff, uh, this word Naraku puts the miasma around him. is like, okay, I've had enough of all of you. You're just going <laughs> to die. Has rid the world of all of you in one basket. And as they're surrounded and done for, <laughs> Sango takes out her mask. I'm not sure what this gesture is, if it's going to help her brother live longer and not breathe the gas in. I think it's just a token of, remember what we used to be, you're a slayer now. But he has his own mask. I don't know if he had it on him. Oh, it's just an <laughs> I love you brother moment. I, I think it's, yeah, like, maybe it would help him live a little longer. Because <laughs> I thought Maraca was like, not even you can withstand my poison gas. Yeah. Uh, as she embraces him there, that's Kagome's looking and sees that the jewel is still in Kohaku's back. And she sees where Naraku is and fires an arrow at his ass. Uh, yeah, I wrote, woo, sticky so I think that's like her first full-fledged sacred arrow. It makes this whole two-parter worth it because now that I see it in its totality after seeing the second episode, it's like, yeah, all right. It's kind of a lot to go through just to get to this point, which is now Sango has a big Achilles heel in her brother and she has a vendetta against this person. 
as well that's as strong as Moroku's and Inuyasha's. And really, Kagome is the only one that's like, I'm just here to vanquish evil. I don't have a vendetta <laughs> against him yet. Fires that arrow, which explodes the entire side of the building. And the best part about this is Naraku didn't know about Kagome. No, she took off, like, what, his arm? Yep. And he's like, How can this be? Like, yep, she says something like, Naraku, you're, you're despicable! <laughs> and it does the same thing that Resurrecchio did to Inuyasha, where it starts boring towards his heart. Mm-hmm. And he's able to knock it aside. And then Naraku disappears along with uh, Kohaku. To fight another day, over and over and over again. This is another refusal of the call moment where Sango apologizes and says, I can't be a part of this group because I'm always going to betray you. I'm going to pick him over you guys. Like, that's, that's cool. Yeah, even Inuyasha's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're a great fighter. We could really use you. This friendship thing, I was on the fence too. But look at me. I'm kicking ass here with all these friends I got now. It's very sad when she starts crying. And I was thinking, it's good that Kagome and Sango can pair up. Because even though Sango has this thing against Naraku as well, the two of them working together to think ahead before Moroku and Inuyasha, who do agree more often than they don't, <laughs> they can uh, offer some counterpoint to their ideas of going ahead and murdering. All in all, not bad. Uh, so far in this season, I, I still like the Moroku wind tunnel being injured, uh, falling into a dangerous trap. But not a bad two-parter. If you'd have said, like, there's going to be a Sango two-parter, I would have said, oh, that's going to be the best thing ever. I was like, yeah, it's fine. You were going to tell me what Sango's problem is. <laughs> What's Sango's problem? It was actually when she was talking to Naraku that the thought kind of crossed my mind. Um, and I went, oh, God, Sango is so prideful. <laughs> She's like, you know, I'm a demon player. I, I can do this, but... Her seven deadly sin would be five. Mm. So then I started thinking, oh, everybody else is. Oh, no. <laughs> so Inuyasha, I think, probably is wrath. Yeah, wrath, we know what Moroku's is. <laughs> Greed, no, lust. Thinking Shippo, yeah. sloth. Kagome's got a little of um, vanity. What am I thinking of? Pride. Oh, is that pride? Okay, never mind. I thought the closest. Gluttony, no. <laughs> no, we should give away her food all the time. Yeah, that's true. I kind of thought maybe Envy, because mm. she is a little envious of Kikyo. Yeah. Although not, she's the, the the emo envy where she's just going to go off and pout about it, not the envy where she's going to take you go down kind of envy. Yeah, we haven't really explored Kagome's dark side at all. I'm sure maybe, there's a lot of episodes, so they have to get to it eventually. Keeping it close to the vest, okay, fine. <laughs> So that would make Miyoga gluttony, which makes sense because he always wants oh, to suck bad blood. Very good point. 
Did we get all of them? <laughs> Okay, I mean, that's Hachi down to a two. No, I don't know. <laughs> Noble Hachi who is ready to die for the Yoko. Noble Hachi, I love it. Poor Hachi, where is where was he this episode? He could have died along with our heroes. We don't have a greed. We need a greed in this crew. I guess Moroku's kind of got two of them covered. Yeah. Well, I love this. Now I'm going to start looking for uh, their sin characteristics and all of them. <laughs> We're going to make a poster. <laughs> <laughs> this cut from Sango crying to the closing credits was the most jarring. Because I'm getting tired of seeing uh, Sushoru <laughs> moping around and looking at his father and flying through space and having spin-off adventures. <laughs> But we just had this big emotional catharsis with Sango. And then... What does this guy have to do with anything? I don't think they changed it till the end of the second season. I think about the time we get our third ending, I think we might get our second intro. I want that to make sense one of these days. <laughs> just like when Moroku's on a boat and he uses his wind tunnel and a cloud of demons coming after him. But then the boat gets smashed... Look what happened to Moroku. How do you know that? Are you just guessing? <laughs> I think that's just uh, a demonstration of their powers, really, more so than an actual... It's like the demo screen in a video game? <laughs> oh, like that community episode. It's like, remember when we went to the haunted uh, West Town? It's like that time on St. Patrick's Day when we went on that raft and Troy like had popped the raft thinking it would shoot them to shore. <laughs> They're trying to make a movie happen. Maybe with that sweet Rick and Morty money he can, you know. That's, we're so close to that arbitrary promise they made back in season two. Season one? Paradigm. Yeah, it was too, because that's the diorama season. But anyway, thanks for listening, listeners. Uh, you listened to us ramble on for ten minutes as we struggled to find an ending, and we didn't find one. And that's great. Bye. Oh, yeah.